Have you ever had anybody say something falsely about you? Last week, we, in our gospel reading, we heard the words, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and someone said a false thing about me recently, and they said that Father Zach really, really, really likes incense. And I was like, that's absolutely not true. I love incense. <laughs> because it's a way of us showing that we love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and soul, right? It's a way of our, us offering our prayers to heaven to remember the saints that we're all called to be. And this is the feast day. It's a solemnity. It's one of the highest feast days in the Catholic Church uh, because it gets to the core of what we're all called to be. And if you're ever wondering what does God want you to do or what is, what is God's plan for my life, we, we always go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, where St. Paul says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, your sainthood, and that you restrain from immorality. So God's will, God's plan for your life is very simply that you and I are all called to be saints. It's called the universal call to holiness. Every single person sitting here today, even those of you, of those of you who doubt me right now, we're all called to be saints. And saints have certain attitudes. Hence, we have the be attitudes in our gospel reading. So if we're wondering what should be my attitudes or what should be your attitudes, they sound different than the, what the world offers us. We hear these strange words, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who are poor in spirit, their focus is not necessarily on what job I have or what kind of house I have or what kind of car I have or even what other people think about me. They're poor in spirit because they know that heaven awaits them and they have to suffer this period until they get there. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. And then we hear, blessed are they who mourn. Why? Because for those of us who know that heaven is for real, that Jesus purchased heaven for each of us on the cross, when we lose someone we love, there is a time of mourning. But the Lord said, even in our Alleluia verse, come to me all you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. To know that there is a time when you meet someone who you love so much and you get a little ounce of what heaven will be like out of love they gave you and you have to mourn that and grieve that. He also says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the land. You know, my Bible study I run on Tuesday nights is for beginners and one of the people who comes, uh, he's not a believer. He's just open to learning about scriptures and he said in their Bible study when we looked at this particular word meek. He said, what does the word meek mean? And the word meek means saying, I'm okay with being quiet even though interiorly I might be extremely angry. So to be meek is saying I have control over my mouth and my anger and my emotions. Then we hear the words, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied, knowing that Christ's cross will always triumph, always triumph. Then we hear those beautiful words, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. My friends, forgiving people is one of the most difficult things you're ever going to do in your life. But when you know the power of mercy, the power of forgiving, you will have so much peace and your heart will be cleansed. That's why the next words are blessed are the clean of heart for they will see God. You know, some of us in this, in this room right now, you know, we've, we've grown up and it's just been easy to see God in things. It's been easier to say no to immorality. And for some of us, if you're like me, it's just been, it's, it's just hard. 
I didn't grow up with a very clean heart. You know, I had a lot of wounds, a lot of brokenness. But through time, you know, spending time uh, with the saints, especially like St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Augustine, um, also St. Paul, you know, they had to repent. And over time, their hearts were cleaned. Then we hear the words, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That when we become more peaceful and rely not on ourselves, but upon our Heavenly Father, will be peaceful and children of God. Then we hear those words that we don't like to hear. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is a kingdom of heaven. That means the kingdom of heaven is Jesus. And you're going to be persecuted if you're going to walk in the faith. You're going to have to say no to certain things that used to be fun as you begin opening your heart more and more to Jesus. Because if you love someone, you begin to sacrifice for them, and that's what true love is. But then as we have these, blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they, we transition into blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. And rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. To mean, that means that you and I have to constantly refocus our eyes to heaven and we have to remember that's where our true home is. So if you ever feel like I don't belong here, or if you ever feel like there's got to be more to life in this, the answer is, you're right. <laughs> there is more to life in this. But in order to, to get to heaven, you and I have to become saints. Some are canonized, some are not, but only saints go to heaven. So as a priest of mine, a friend of mine says all the time, you either become a saint or you go to hell. <laughs> so it's just like, we have some work to do. And the question is, well, how do I become a saint? How do I become the saint Christ wanted me to be or designed me to be? Because God created each of you with a plan. So I, was, so I want you to quick grab that circular little disc card that's on your, near you. And this is, uh, what, this is my holy card. So um, I like to be different. I like to be creative. Uh, so I have a round holy card. Most people's are square. Uh, these are for you to keep. But on the front of it, you see the image of a pelican. And this was drawn by my dad. And I just, he just kind of asked me all these questions. And I said, just pray through it. Just like, see what the Lord gives you. And the image of the pelican is often used in the early church for Jesus. When a pelican can't feed its chicks, as you see chicks below there, it'll actually pull its feathers off and will pull its flesh off of its body to feed its chicks, its children. And isn't that, my friends, what Jesus does for us in the Eucharist? He gives us his body, blood, soul, and divinity so we can do the same for others, to give our lives up for others, to become saints. So if you flip over on the bottom half of the card, we see those words, this is my body which will be given for you. Do this in memory of me. Those are the words I heard at Mass when I felt called to be a priest. But below that, are the three paths of holiness. And I want to preach on that today because they come from Bishop Robert Barron. If you don't know him, look him up. He's like probably the most famous bishop priest in the world. Um, but he has, he has these three paths of holiness are also known three paths of sanctification or three paths of sainthood. So if you wanted to be a saint, these are three paths to take. And the first path he has is called finding the center, inviting God into every single thing we do. And that is best been exemplified by my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother would take her time when she would wash the dishes as a time of prayer. 
Each dish she would wash, and I tried doing it earlier today, and I failed miserably because I wanted to go fast. But each dish she would wash, she would pray a Hail Mary, asking for Jesus and Mary to bless every single person that would touch that dish, that fork, that spoon, or whatever she was washing. And it drove my grandmother nuts because my grandmother, being a spicy Italian as they are, really wanted to keep moving fast. And my great-grandmother saw it as a time of prayer to keep Christ at the center. So when you go through your day-to-day interactions, you have an opportunity to, to bring Christ into the center of it and make it holy, or you have an option of just complaining and saying life sucks, and you kick Christ right out the center. So think about your day-to-day interactions. You, are there things you do at home? You can make your bed and say, this sucks, this is so stupid. Or you can think, God gave me a bed. I can honor that and say, Lord, thank you for this bed and, and pray a blessing over your bed. Or when you have to do dishes or when the garbage needs to be taken out or when the, the pillows need to be organized on the couch or you need to vacuum or wash the floor. It's an invitation to keep Christ at the center because that's what saints do. They keep Christ at the center of everything they do. They invite them in. And they see everything as an invitation to be sanctified. They live differently. And it brings joy to them to know that whoever comes into their home or whatever space they're preparing, they hope that they know that Jesus and Mary love them. Very simple. The second path is knowing that you are a sinner. Oddly, we live in a world today that either people think they're extreme sinners or they think that they're not sinners at all. I don't know why some people don't think they're sinners. Like they avoid confession or something like that. But like, well, I'm not that bad of a person. I'm not like Osama bin Laden, right? And I'm like, like, we're, like that's a horrible like, person to compare yourself to. <laughs> and then some people, they think they're like the biggest sinner in the world. I think the invitation for a lot of us is to be more gentle with ourselves. The prayer that helps a lot of people knowing that they're a sinner is called the Jesus Prayer. If you haven't heard of it before, I encourage you to look it up. It comes from our Orthodox tradition in the Catholic Church and in the the Eastern rites of the Catholic Church. But we hear the words, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. We acknowledge God as Lord. And Jesus Christ, you know, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You're supposed to breathe in the first half and breathe out the second half. What it allows you to do is remember that you're a sinner and so is everybody else. So if you struggle with knowing you're a sinner and so is everyone else, this is a great prayer to pray, to become a saint, to be more gentle with yourself. Because sometimes we think if we fall one time, we just quit. We're so hard on ourselves. And the problem for a lot of us, especially as college students, is that we're all perfectionists. Well, if I don't get an A, my life sucks. It's the worst thing in the world. And as I always tell a lot of people, do your prayer and take the B and get your rest. It's okay to get a B, you know? And if you think only getting A's is going to make you happy, it's not. It's not. But if you can get an A and get good rest and pray, please do that. (laughs) The third path is realizing your life is not about you. This is what makes people wonder why are priests not so freaked out all the time? Well, this is the thing that to know that your life and my life, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. So the beautiful thing is, is we already have a Savior. We already have Superman, right? So we don't need another one. So our job is to become like St. Francis of Assisi, would pray the prayer, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. 
You know, to place yourself as an instrument in the hands of the divine musician and let him play beautifully through you to let you know, to let the world know, like what kind of saint you are that always points to what he did for you on the cross. And what these, what these three paths of holiness do as you grow and continue to re-center and put Christ back the center, as you realize that you are a sinner and know that you're a sinner and you realize that your life is not about you, your life is going to be much more peaceful. And the image I want to close with is the image of a merry-go-round. You know, if you are at the edges of the merry-go-round and it's spinning fast, it's like really hard to hold on, right? But if you're at the center, you're able to hold firm as things spin around you and people are losing their stuff. So when you have Christ at the center and you're at the center with him, as the world spins and his cross is firmly planted, you will be okay. The one thing that's going to last throughout your life is going to be the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing can overcome that. And he helps us know that of his love always on that cross. And that's what you and I need to know. We need to know. So as we enter into this week, it's also vocation awareness week. Vocation is a special word for calling. And each of you have a specific calling that God is calling us to. For the men in here, you're either called to be a priest or you're called to get married or you're called to be a single person. And for the ladies, you're either called to marriage, you're called to religious life or to be a consecrated single person or to religious life, right? So as we go through our lives, the Lord calls each of us specifically to become saints. Some of us, he's calling, please, you know, he's saying, sacrifice. If you could call to marriage, make your marriage beautiful. And if you're already in that, in that vocation, follow these three paths of holiness. If you're called to priesthood, you know, talk to a priest. Ask him, how do I know? What should I do? What should I not be doing? How do I, how do I know? If you're called to religious life, what do I do? Or consecrated life. And one thing I want to challenge all of us to do this this week as we go through is, you know, I want to go back to that image of one of the greatest saints being my great-grandma. You know, she took little things and did them with great love. Like, that's like what saints do. And she would, you know, do the dishes, mop the floor, laundry, whatever, but she found a way to make it holy. And I want to encourage you to do those things, but offer up those prayers, a time of prayer for vocations, for more people on our campus to hear the call of God, to follow the call of God, and to do it selflessly, realizing that they're sinners and their lives are not about themselves. You know? And it's something very simple. You and I can do that, but it's sometimes even better when it's not, the focus is not on us. Last thing. One of my favorite saints is St. Therese of Lisieux. She was born in the late 1800s. She died when she was 24. But when she was about to receive her first communion, she asked her parents, who are also, also now canonized saints, she asked them, what should I ask Jesus for when I receive my first communion? And they told her, pray for the grace to become a saint. And I want to challenge you to do that every single time that you receive communion. When you receive the Lord, the God of the universe, in the Eucharist, hence why my holy card is round, you know, as a reminder.
pray for the grace to become a saint, to keep Christ at the center, to know that you're a sinner and realize that your life is not about you. And pray for the grace to become an instrument of his peace because God knows our world needs it. So let us take a moment of silence to make a resolution, to make a plan, to make a commitment this week to sanctify everything we do. But also, every time you receive communion, pray for the grace to become a saint. Because if it's all about the canonized saints and the saints that are in heaven, if it's only about them and we forget that we're called to be saints too, we're missing the boat. And if you don't know where to go, wondering what God's plan is for your life, just go back to 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, where it says the will of God is your sanctification or your sainthood and that you and I restrain from immorality. And with the grace of God, you guys can do it. And I believe in you. And if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. But please always know that is God's plan for your life to become a saint. And pray and open your heart. God, where are you calling me? What's your calling in my life? If you make that simple request when you receive communion, Lord, please make me into a saint. He will speak to your heart more and more and lead you down the right path. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it will be beautiful. Amen.